the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. Because there is a severe thunderstorm watch till 10 o'clock this evening in Bucks, Chester, Delaware, Lehigh, Montgomery, and Philadelphia counties, among others. So keep an eye out. We may get a little downpour before this evening. 90 the high today, down to 66 tonight. Tomorrow, some clouds in the morning, some sunshine as the day rolls along, and a high of 86. Phillies had a nice win last night, 2 nothing over Miami. Vince Velasquez pitching another good game. He's been on the team for a while and finally starting to put some some good starts in a row. Together, six innings pitched, three hits, three walks, struck out five, gets the win. The Phillies only had two hits, but they, they made him count. Reese Hoskins with a home run. And um, Hoskins, after the game, talked about both the home run and his hitting improvement and also on Vince Velasquez. So uh, this is uh, Reese Hoskins first on his home run and, and why he's doing better these days. You know, sometimes the guys that have been around this game a long time know how to push the right buttons. I don't know if I can point to one thing in particular, you know, since, since kind of that day, but yeah, I, you know, I think I've talked about, it feels like I'm chasing less. I feel like I'm still selectively aggressive within the zone, um, you know, given what, what the guy has that night. And again, I'm just missing less, but that's just a product of, of the work that, that Joe Dillon and I have done, you know, for the past 18 months and, Kind of seeing some of that come to fruition now. That's Reese Hoskins with the home run and why he's thinking and how important it was that Velasquez stepped up and helped them get that win. Yeah, it was big, right? Like you said, we, we've kind of had a little bit of adversity, you know, thrown our way in the last week, two weeks, and it's time for people to step up. Vin stepped up for us huge tonight. The back end of the bullpen was, was nails, and, and it's nice to nail down a win against a guy like that. That's it. And that, as far as Velasquez goes, the Mutual Admiration Society – with Vince and uh, his reaction to Hoskins' homer. Again, the Phillies only had two hits. Made him count. One, two, nothing. As soon as, as soon as he hit it, I started yelling. I, I went off. But that's the momentum that we need in the dugout, right? Like, you know, something to get us going. And um, it's been kind of tough for us, you know, the last week and a half, two weeks. Whatever. I mean, the whole last stretch, home homestand, I mean, it's been tough. It's not the best baseball, but a lot of us are hurt at the same time. And, you know, we're, we're fighters, man. And I think, you know, today was just – you know, having that mentality of going out there and trying to just do my part. Um, at the end of the day, you could only do your part and collaborate with everyone else as a team. Keep, you know, tapping everybody on the butt. Keep, keep some, just create some type of energy, some type of momentum going into the game, and it'll, it'll go a long ways. Philly's starting pitcher Vince Velasquez again getting the win last night. Philly's manager Joe Girardi pretty proud of uh, Hoskins as well in his hitting. I mean, Reese works hard 
all the time. And he works on his craft of hitting and using the whole field. I just think it's kind of come together for him a little bit. I don't think it really had much to do with me dropping him down that day. But if that's the case, I'll make a move with somebody every day and we'll get everybody hot swinging like Reese. But I just think he found himself a little bit. He got a little out of whack where I think he was, you know, pulling the ball too much and he's used the whole field. And we've seen a number of hits to the opposite field. And I think it helps him stay on the ball. Phillies manager Joe Girardi. Again, the Phillies 2-0 winners last night. They're at Miami again this evening at 640. Just a little bit after that, it'll be the Sixers home this evening against Washington. Tip-off at 7, game 2 of their playoff series. Earlier on a Zoom call today, Matisse Thibel on playing in front of the fans in game 1 just a few days ago. It, it was the closest it's felt to the first half of my rookie season last year where we had full capacity and it felt like what Philly's known for. And to think that we still aren't even at full capacity yet and the playoffs are just getting started makes you really excited for what uh, what the rest of this road has for us. I mean, the Philly fans are what makes playing in Philadelphia so great and so hard for other teams. Um, we probably have one of the greatest home court advantages in, in the league with our fans. And to have the fan base back in any capacity is huge for us. But the closer we get to 100%, I think the better we're going to feel out there and the harder it's going to be for the teams. That Sixers guard, Matisse Thibault, who is absolutely correct when he says that one of the best uh, home court advantages in professional basketball, Sixers actually the second best record in the entire league at home out of 30 teams. Uh, at only uh, Utah had a better record. Sixers were 29 and 7 this past season when they played at home. As far as Thibault himself, he is uh, guarding Russell Westbrook, one of the best players in the league. What makes him so tough to guard? Westbrook's difficult because he's so fast. You try to play off him a little bit, but by doing that, you open up passing lanes for him to find guys. And he's such an incredible passer that it's also playing to one of his strengths. So it's it's trying to find this this balance of, it's like a cat and mouse, just trying to play close enough that he won't just pick apart the defense, but also playing enough far enough that you can't just run through you and get to the hoop. Sixers guard Matisse Eibel on Russell Westbrook, who had an amazing year, 22 points per game, 11 and change right rebounds per game, and 11 plus assists per game, a triple-double average, which is super rare in the history of sports. I will say this, Victoria. I know you like, you like sports and follow it. Yes, I, I used, do. I used to be a, a numbers person. I have a math education degree. I love stats and all that. Ugh, math. And, yeah, well, some people have that. <laughs> That's actually why I have a teaching degree, because if I hadn't gone further into radio, I wanted to be a teacher, because a lot of people have trouble with math. Right, you So I wanted to be able to, you know, help people not feel frustrated. Anyhow, I used to be more of a, a statistics person. And then as I coached our church softball team, we had a great team. But we'd always kind of lose in the, like the second round of the playoffs. or we, We'd go pretty far, but we wouldn't win the whole thing. Maybe once in a great while. And I started thinking about, you know, well, I used to actually make these fun little digests up. The, the players could read and it had their batting averages in there and all that. But I found that people were just, it's human nature. They're paying attention, like, how's my batting average? And, Oh, if I got a hit or it's like, you know what? Let's think about, let's put all our brains on. What do you have to do to actually win the game? I don't care if you strike out four times, but you get a hit at the right time and we win one to nothing. Like learn to think that way. And as soon as we started, I can tell you, as soon as I stopped printing those digests out, we won more games. We won two championships and we were in three more championship rounds. So anyhow, I say this not to, not to put Westbrook down at all. Amazing statistics. But the truth is, he, he hasn't won any championships yet. And that becomes an argument. 
you know? But he also had a bad game, I must say. I'm sure you watched the first one. He actually had yeah. a lot of mental errors, which is good for us. But, you know, I guess if, if he decides to make a comeback and, you know, nicks those errors, then oh, I guess will. that'll be a problem. But he definitely wasn't playing his best um, Sunday, it was. No, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, game two's tonight, Sixers and, and Washington. He's one of the top players in the league. I just have become, in my older age, more appreciative of the intangibles and say, well, stats notwithstanding, it's not always a player's fault. Sometimes they don't have much of a supporting cast. But there are some players you're like, you know what? No matter where you go, the team seemed to win. Like, you have a way. No matter LeBron, how, no. <laughs> well, well, there's that, but he's got amazing right. statistics too. Right. But there are players who seem to find a way to, to, to fit in and contribute at the right time in the right ways that overall lead to a given team winning. And that's true for any sport. So I'm less wowed by stats now per se, and I'm more about – do you know how to win? Do you know how to have the, whether it's the mindset, knack for a timely hit, knack for staying calm if you just made an error to not make it turn into two more errors, stuff like that. So uh, anyhow, uh, also on the scoreboard in our partnership with Bible League, we're getting down the home stretch. 1,841 down, just 359 to go. If you'd like to help out, it's just $5 a piece. 800-YES-WORD is the number for that. 800-YES-WORD. Or you can go to our site, WFIL.com, and click on the Bibles for Africa banner. Uh, Open the floodgates, it's called. You can see the scoreboard there, if you will. Uh, The goal is to get the 2,200 Bibles by Monday. I'm sure we can do it, but would you want to help out, make make that possible? Here we go. 800-YES-WORD to help. 800-YES-WORD or at WFIL.com. Michael Woolworth with Bible League is going to join us in a few minutes here to chat about that in a, uh, a moment. And then we also have Dave Peterson from Brunner Chevrolet checking in later on, listening to the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. You're listening to a podcast of the Tim DeMoss Show, heard weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. It's 4.15, the Tim DeMoss Show. Looking forward, by the way, to having Pastor Greg Laurie join us tomorrow around 10 after 4. He'll be with us for about 20 minutes. Very busy guy, but we uh, have made a way to work it out, schedules-wise, and we'll be chatting about that book that you just heard about, the uh, Billy Graham book, The Man I Knew, and we'll talk about the ministry of A New Beginning, which you can catch every weekday on WFIL at 10 a.m. But as mentioned, and as you heard there a moment ago too, Michael Woolworth with Bible League Hey, Tim, great to uh, hear your voice and yeah. great to uh, have a, just kind of one final opportunity to put this before your uh, listeners and uh, use all those uh, sports metaphors that Paul used, right? Fight the fight, you know, run the race, you know, finish strong, all of those things. But yeah. the joy to be with you for just a few moments today, Tim. For sure. It has been neat to see the uh, just very steady progress all month mm-hmm. long in May. The goal when we started on May 1st was to uh, provide 2,200 Bibles for Africa, 12 different countries, and uh, it's called Open the Floodgates, as you know, uh, Bibles for Africa, and each one being $5, certainly affordable, and certainly a very powerful, fundamental thing. And it's a win-win because everybody knows the importance mm. of having a Bible and just how how that only can change your life, but also how God can take that, and then uh, you could become a pivot point, if you will, and, and bless people in your family and community. So we're glad to Amen. see this this ladder, continue, the, the line continue to move up. We're just, I think, 300 and change away. So let's get yeah, there by exactly. Monday. Right. So. Yeah, yeah. Tim, can I just bring your listeners up to speed on where we are real quick? Yeah, it'd be great. 
Yeah, yeah, and you've kind of done that in a nice, uh, nice format there. But uh, hey, listen, uh, months ago, uh, our two ministries, WFIL Bible League, said let's let's address uh, the other issue that's uh, so uh, so prevalent uh, in Africa. What is that? The severe shortage of Bibles available to Christians. Uh, this is where Christianity is growing in the greatest numbers in the world, and yet at Bible League in the twelve sub-Saharan African countries where we serve, that's about one fourth of the countries there. We estimate that as many as nine of ten Christians cannot access the Bible. It means that most most evangelical Christians during the last 13, 14, 15 challenging months have not been able to open the Bible and read passages like 1 Peter 5, 7, where it says, cast your cares on him, for he cares for you. And so, Tim, we were together, um, boy, two straight days. I know you have really pushed hard. We've had some spots running, and we've seen, just as you say, just as you described, Tim, just incremental calls and clicks and gifts of all sizes from virtually every uh, corner of your listening area, and we needed to do this during the month of May. And of course, if you look at the calendar, we're running out of the month of May, right? So um, here's where we are, and you're, you're, you're right there uh, in the neighborhood. We set a goal of 2,200 Bibles to make that more personable. We said, let's put God's Word into the hands and hearts of 2,200 Bibleist believers. We'll take care of the languages. We'll take care of uh, the villages. We're not going to ask you to sell everything and head to that part of the world. And Tim, we shared a lot of stories of people that have received a Bible, they've been trained to share Christ, they've been instrumental in leading hundreds to Christ. And let me say this, not all of us will see that type of return on our evangelistic and discipleship uh, efforts. But I made the point when we were together that what we were trying to do through this campaign is no less important than those stories that come from the front lines today. And so we are right now at 1,900 Bibles, maybe a little bit north of that. And so we have about 300 to go. Let me give you some easy math. At $5 a Bible, that's $1,500. That's a $1,500 gift. And Tim, you might remember that we had a $1,500 single gift from one of your wonderful listeners. And so one person could take care of that and get us there. But you know what we're focused on? By the time we wrap up on Sunday, that's kind of the official end to this. We know it'll be gifts of all sizes. We believe we'll get there. And it'll happen with every call and with every click. We will sing the Hallelujah Chorus, and we're just asking your listeners, be a part of this great move of God uh, on the continent of Africa and help us finish strong. We could do it today. We could do it in the coming days, but let's get it done for our brothers and sisters uh, in Africa. For sure. If you want to call in, it's 800-YES-WORD, 800-YES-WORD. That's 800-937-9673. Or at WFIL.com, very easy. You'll see the Open the Floodgates Bibles for Africa banner right there, and you can jump on board. I love the fact that um, it's an affordable level because we've had some folks do – I don't know that we've had anybody do one, but we've had folks do two or three or four. And I think when people start realizing, like, oh, I'll do five or ten, like, yeah, here you go. I mean, because it feels (laughs) like, oh, yeah, well, while I'm at it. So that's great too. But a lot of folks have done that ten Bible level. But, again, the power of one. You know, I encourage someone just to – Get off the off the bench and jump on the field and say, I'll do one. And, and think about how you could just change mm-hmm. the course of someone's life. Don't underestimate the power of even doing one. Uh, so help out if you can. Again, 800-YES-WORD or at WFIL.com. Thanks to all who have done so, so far. Yeah, let me mention some of those uh, that you're talking about. Uh, Friends from Ambler, a gift of 40 Bibles. David of Bridgeport, 40 Bibles. Uh, Clifton of Norristown, thank you, a gift of 50 Bibles. Anthony of uh, Bear, Delaware, 20 Bibles. Uh, Kenneth of Elkins Park, 10 Bibles. I love this next gift, very specific, 181 Bibles. I think it's $905. (laughs) Paul of Jenkintown. I I can only imagine, you know, the story behind that, but you know what? I, I bet that Paul 
prayed about it. He thought about it. Um, he, 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 he didn't let the empathy that he felt. He heard a story, I'm sure, and didn't let it stop at the empathy. He said, let me take this a step further and become a Bible center. So I love that. 181 Bibles. Uh, Melinda Vambler, a gift of 40 Bibles. I'll have a few more before we wrap up uh, here in the, uh, the coming minutes, Tim. But um, really had a joy of uh, kind of drilling down and giving you an intimate look into the lives of the Christians that we're supporting during this campaign. Do we have two minutes? I can share yeah. the story from uh, Zambia. Sure. And then we'll and then we'll wrap up with that uh, wonderful audio cut you have. Yeah, let me take you to Zambia. This is the country in South Africa where uh, the famous missionary David Livingstone carried out years of ministry. And a man by the name of Shadrach um, is an elder in a shanty church there. He had word there was a, an attack coming one week from extremists. Sure enough, that attack came. It came actually during the worship service, and the intent of those extremists, uh, Tim, was to kill every Christian that was there. I'll tell you why. They were very, very upset that the pastor of that church, a man affiliate of this man, Shadrach, had been sharing the gospel in a very quiet yet winsome way, and many Muslims were coming to embrace Christ, and they were very, very upset uh, by this. And so they came, they attacked them. Here's what happened. Uh, the man Shadrach had a handgun uh, in an attempt to uh, defend the congregation. In self-defense, he shot a man by the name of Ishmael, did not kill him, but in great Christian love, Shadrach would nurse this man back to health. He was a livestock farmer, so he took care of his animals. The man also had a daughter, a teenage daughter, who could not read, could not write because of her social standing in that Islamic community. She was denied an education, but he used a Bible League program and gave her the gift of literacy. And I can tell you, the entire family, seeing this great Christian love on display, came to embrace Christ. But Tim, the story does not end there. You might remember that 80 former Islamists, many of those extremists, they embraced Sharia law. They had every intent to kill those Christians. Now they love these uh, brothers and sisters. They're part of the flock there, and there's a great need for the Bible. In fact, when I asked Shadrach, how can we pray for you? It was not to say, get on that station in Philadelphia and pray for an abrupt ending to our uh, uh, suffering. It is for the Word of God, for these new believers to be able to open God's Word, read His promises, and to be able to endure and persevere. And so, Tim, as we round out our, our time together, just a reminder, there's um, a goal of 2,200 Bibles, more 1,900 Bibles. Toward that, we've got 300 to go, and right now, here's 100 that you know specifically about. And so our prayer is that you'll make your most generous gift at $5 a Bible. We were in a place called Mpumalanga. The lady there is about 60, 62 years or so. She literally cried. She knelt down and she cried. She never, at the age of 60, she never had a Bible. You, you know what? It is so much fulfilling just to see people uh, like her rejoicing and being uh, so gracious um, when they receive their Bibles. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you know, I've, I've seen it, Tim. I, I've been there. I've seen it. Uh, I love what uh, Pastor Joseph uh, there in Africa says. This woman, when she finally received her Bible, so, you know, she's in her 60s, lives remotely, lives in extreme poverty, thought, I'll never have a Bible. But she stayed close to her local church, stayed close to the Lord, finally got a Bible. And what's Pastor Joseph say? She didn't merely say thank you. She wept. She rejoiced greatly that she finally had a Bible. And Tim, I know that's uh, you're putting uh, your listeners are putting tears of joy on the faces of, uh, at this point, 1,900 believers. Our goal is 2,200. We're 300 away from that. We'd love to uh, be able to say we are there. We're done on Sunday. You can move on to the next thing. And uh, again, Tim, always a joy to be with you. I appreciate your enthusiasm. You've been a great friend of Bible League, and I have worked together for several years. And your listeners, they've never failed to get this done whenever we've come and we've asked them to do 
kingdom business. Michael, thank you for your time and for your commitment to the Lord. It's uh, it's something that we say every now and again in the program, how the, the, the show and the station are, are diverse in a lot of ways. Here, we're here for encouragement through Scripture, challenge folks, have some fun, some contests and things. But we also hope that uh, this is a practical way for people to be God's hands and feet and 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 do something. And so uh, it's not done ever in a guilty way. We hope that it never comes across mm-hmm. that way to listeners. That's one reason why I love the fact that a single Bible is $5, because just about anybody could do a $5 gift, even if that's all they had. Uh, you know, they don't have much more. I can do $5. Mm-hmm. They can feel like, you know what, I'm part of the WFL family in that regard. I was able to help in some way. If not, it's still totally fine. No, There's no pressure. But, but this is an opportunity to do and to help as opposed to just say receive from the station or listen to the station. This is a way to put your faith into action and, and be a blessing. And what a fundamental, understandable way too. So we're grateful for your partnership. I know uh, Bible, you've been doing this for what, 80 plus years. Is that right? Something yeah. since the 50s? Yeah, 83 years, Tim. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's great. Well, keep it up. Keep up the great work. We appreciate you. And we appreciate the, the railroad track, if you will, that's already been laid from here all the way to Africa and we're just passing the baton, sending some resources down the line so those local churches can have what they need. Um, so thank you for taking time to give us that report and update and paint a picture for those who have not maybe tuned. Maybe they're tuning in now for the first time. You joined us earlier in the month. We have our podcast that up at WFIL.com. Folks can listen to those as well. God bless you, Michael. Have a great rest of your day. Yeah, God bless you, Tim. Thanks so much. Thank you very much. It's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International. Open the Floodgates Bibles for Africa is the partnership we have going during the month of May. Again, simply $5 for a single Bible. Goal is $2,200. We're just a few hundred away. We have till this uh, coming weekend to wrap that up. I'm sure we can do it with God's help and even go past it. That's that's allowed, by the way. If you want to go beyond it, you don't have to stop. And, uh, and and slow the giving down. You're more than welcome to blow by that goal of 2200 We post the updates every uh, weekday on our homepage at WFIL.com. One more time, the number to help, 800-YES-WORD, 800-YES-WORD. It's 800-937-9673 or at WFIL.com. Brief break, coming back with more in just a moment, WFIL. Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM560 WFIL and WFIL.com. Tim DeMoss Show. We're here each weekday, 4 till 5. There is a severe thunderstorm watch till 10 o'clock tonight. Keep an eye out for that in Bucks, Chester, Delaware, Lehigh, Montgomery, and Philadelphia counties. Otherwise, there's a sunny thing going on. Some clouds back and forth. 66 the load night. Tomorrow, a lot of sunshine after some morning clouds and a high of 86. Phillies had a nice win last night, 2-0 over Miami. Only a couple of hits, but they got what they needed. Reese Hoskins had a home run, his 10th, to give him the win. And Vince Velasquez pitched a nice game. They play again at Miami again tonight, uh, 6-40. Sixers home tonight against Washington at 7 for Game 2 of their playoff series, which they currently lead one game to none. Also in our partnership with uh, Bible League, Bibles for Africa, uh, last count that I had officially was 1,841 with 359 to go. That was from earlier this morning. I think there's been a little more giving since then. The goal is 2,200 by this coming Monday. So if you want to help out, 800-YES-WORD. Michael Woolworth with Bible League joined us just a little while ago to kind of give us an update and share some uh, story or two to help paint a picture of where your support goes. Each Bible, just $5. Thanks to those who have helped out so far. There have been many. Uh, you can also go to WFIL.com. I wanted to, uh, before we go further, I wanted to just take a couple of minutes and play a song for you that I, that comes to mind all the time. When Whenever WFIL is involved in helping reach and be a blessing in some other part of the world, 
whatever it is, in this case, giving Bibles. Uh, this song is just simply called The Other Side of the World, and it's by Rich Mullins, classic uh, singer-songwriter, passed away in a car accident a number of years ago, but very well-respected, and uh, this song lives on, and there's a lot of truth in it. The One of the lines I remember from it uh, that just jumps out is, The Other Side of the World is Not So Far Away, and the distance just dissolves into the love. The uh, thing being, I guess, if the further away something is from you, it's easier to say, well, out of sight, out of mind, it's not my problem. It's somebody else's problem. Or, you know, you hope, yeah, I hope somebody takes care of that. Yeah, it's a good thing, but I hope somebody else takes care of it. But if a person was lacking clothes or food or sitting on your curb that had no Bible and you knew that, you'd go out and you'd leave your front door and give them something, wouldn't you? You, will, you hope you would. Hope your kids would. You'd teach them the same thing. So... Is it just the fact that someone's 500 miles away or 2,000 miles away that we don't need to do anything? Uh, so, but this song, again, is just, it, it points that out and in a good way, in a celebratory way, I would say. So check it out. This is The Other Side of the World, Rich Mullins. AM 560 WFL.com on the app. Rich Mullins, The Other Side of the World. Love that song. You want to help send a Bible to the other side of the world, to Africa? You can. 800-YES-WORD's the number. 800-YES-WORD or at WFIL.com. Our station goal, 2200. We are just a few hundred shy of that. And uh, like I mentioned a few moments ago, certainly welcome to blow right by that 2200 goal. There's nothing magical about that that we have to stop there. So uh, be encouraged to partake of that. If you have a moment, wanted to uh, shift gears just for a second mentioned a little while ago, you heard maybe a little promo for the ministry of the month that's going on right now with Alistair Begg and truth for life. If you weren't familiar every month, we have a different ministry that we focus on. Have just kind of a fun thing where you get to know the ministry a bit better. And uh, we have some typical prize, typically have sort of not typical prize, typically have some sort of a prize going on. Sometimes a grand prize this month. It's uh, Alistair Begg's new book, Brave by Faith, God-Sized Confidence in a Post-Christian World. And there's a grand prize, which includes that book and a a number of other things, including a 10 years of favorites USB, which I think is really cool, 123 of Truth for Life's most requested sermons. That's part of the grand prize. So the program itself comes up at 5 o'clock each weekday right after this one, uh, this program. Also 5.30 a.m., Truth for Life with Alistair Begg. It's also on the Deeper Faith Alaska Cruise later this summer. Uh, so we had Alistair Begg actually on the program about a week, week and a half ago. The real privilege to have him on. Godly man and great sense of humor. Here's a little clip of that conversation with Alistair Begg. Part of the fun part of this clip is his reference to the Muppets. Uh, that's coming in the second half of it. Here you go. Well, I think I was at the tail end of, in, in my childhood, at the tail end of the, um, the great move amongst uh, people in Scotland at the end of the 19th and the beginning of the 20th century, I think that uh, areas of revival in Scotland and the lingering impact of that revival was still, if you like, in the air and part of things when I was growing up. But those days are long gone in Scotland now as well. And so many of my friends who are involved in pastoral ministry there are fighting you know, an uphill battle along the lines we're speaking about now. And many of them in rural areas have very tiny congregations. And if they were to look to numbers as the indicator of their effectiveness, then they would feel themselves to be dreadful failures. But 
we have to remind ourselves constantly that, you know, we plant and we water, but uh, God makes things grow, that he has a plan and a purpose that extends beyond our lifetime and right up until the time when he returns in power and in great glory and when he brings to completion uh, all that he has purposed. And we have to hold on to that, and we have to instill that in the generations that come behind us. Uh, and we don't want to end up like, you know, a spiritual version of the two old guys on the Muppets, you know, like <laughs> out Statler and Waldorf, I think it is. You just, you just sit up on the balcony and complain about everything and heckle everybody and, and just basically they've got a comment on everything, and none of it is really very helpful. And there's a real danger that the more we age, the more we take on that persona. And uh, it's not it's not helpful to us as individuals, and it's not as an experience for people who are around us. Yeah. Alistair Begg from Truth For Life uh, on the program about uh, 10 days ago. And, uh, yeah, full podcast. We'll have that on our site. It's not there yet, but it's uh, my fault. I have not posted that uh, yet, but it will be. And you can get the full – we have uh, hundreds of programs in the last few years you can get at WFIL.com. Just scroll through and find what you like. But uh, I, I really enjoyed having Alistair on. A lot of godly insight and wisdom with that uh, sense of humor too. So anyhow, that is uh, what you're entering to win. The book is called Brave by Faith, God-Sized Confidence in a Post-Christian World. Alistair from Scotland spent the first 30 or so years of his life there. Then he came to the States. And I think the question I had asked and that led into that comment had to do with he, he is, part of the book talks about that America is becoming more and more post, post-Christian, post so to speak. You hear that over the years, but things have shifted maybe even further now. And we talked about being salt and light and trying to preserve the culture as best we can. But uh, my wife is from uh, from Brazil and Dutch missionaries. And so I asked them about Europe in general, the spiritual state of, of Europe. And you hear how sometimes the churches there maybe are, are less um, – I don't know what the word is, but, uh, in, you know, it, 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 the churches are, are not as robust, if you will, as they are here, perhaps. And um, anyhow, his comment had to do, and I think there's a lot of wisdom in that, to be careful that to the extent that we can, that we don't grow into just grouchy people who are pointing out everything wrong with the world, but that we we are loving our neighbor and trusting God with the big picture. And uh, so anyhow, Alistair Begg, Truth For Life, our Ministry of the Month for May. Quick break. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeWatt Show today. Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560 WFIL? Email D at WFIL.com. It's 445 on the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. We give away gift cards to Duncan, Panera, Rita's, and Wawa, courtesy of Brian or Chevrolet. Uh, you know, every other day or whenever. Sometimes do a bunch of them, sometimes do one or two. Uh, but we're glad to have those to help brighten your day. And um, the person responsible for that, Dave Peterson, Brenner Chevrolet, joining us, um, but not about gift cards per se, uh, in this case, to talk about something that we talked about before, and you may be seeing in the news lately regarding uh, the lack of computer chips and things like that uh, available for cars and what that's doing to new cars and, and beyond that. Uh, Dave Peterson, how are you, my friend? I am excellent. Thank you. <laughs> doing great. Good. Well, the last time you were on, not too long ago, we, we do have you on every now and again. It's been a while. You had referenced something about a shortage of computer chips 
and how that was affecting the new car market inventory and other ripple effects. Uh, I think you actually said it was going to be a while before things got straightened out, but just wanted to check back in, right? catch up with you, especially with summer coming in. And sometimes at the time, people may be switching out their cars or thinking differently. What's the latest on the chip situation? Or maybe even explain it for those who missed the other conversation okay, we had. Okay. Good. Yep. Let me just frame it by saying semiconductors are a, a natural element that's, that, that people mine or countries mine. Like China is a big semiconductor material country, that they have a lot of that natural resource. And it's a substance that allows electrons, which is electricity, to flow between a good conductor like copper wire in your house, right, or an insulator like the rubber around an extension cord. And it, it's an amazing thing that, that they, they invented. It was actually Bell Labs and, uh, discovered this stuff back in the late 40s. Hmm. But it's turned into a huge, I mean, everything's got semiconductors. Devices that uh, are made of semiconductors are uh, silicon's like an, an example of a semiconductor. That's some term that some people may have heard. Yeah, but they're essential to making electrical circuits, transistors, and diodes. Everything nowadays uses chips, which are made up of semiconductors. You know, transistors and diodes right. from toothbrushes, right? Really? Oh, really? Washing machines and dryers to automobiles to defense systems. About the only thing that doesn't use a chip is a shovel. Now, you know. <laughs> so go try and buy an appliance yeah. today. Go to Lowe's or go to your local store. You're not going to get exactly what you want because there's such a short supply of these semiconductors, which are in everything. Yeah. So the number two uh, supplier of chips in the world is Intel. I think everybody's heard of Intel. Sure. That's a um, United States business. But most semiconductors, chips, come out of uh, China. Hmm. China's starting to hoard them now for their own industry, so that even um, – compounds the problem worldwide with semiconductors. Um, American companies, I can tell you this, I'm, I'm, I was reading an article on Automotive News a week ago or so, because it's, it's a big, this is a big issue with our business, but American companies right now are scrambling to build new plants and to try and keep that business here, but it's a two- to three-year time frame to get these plants built and up and going. Okay. All car manufacturers, Timmy, are idling assembly plants for two to four weeks at a time on a rotating basis, which is cutting supply because they need, there's not enough semiconductors to build all these cars in, in the United States and worldwide, actually. That means there's about 335,000 cars were short this year or in the rotating 12 months since this, this semiconductor thing happened. So, hence, 13-day supply of new vehicles today, we used to be, in normal times, 70 to 90-day supply on our lot at the dealership. Yeah. 13 to 79 day supply, 90 day supply is huge. Now, what's, what's that mean to consumers? You're probably not going to find the exact vehicle you want, number one. And mm. number two, it's driving the transition price of the cars up. So, so, so you're not going to find the car you want, and, and it's driving the price up just because supply and demand. So, folks, just tuning in, Dave so, Peterson's our guest, owner operator Brian or Chevrolet, and Jenkintown sponsors our fine broadcast. Growing up on the lot knows his, knows his stuff. I'd called him to say, can you chat and explain as folks are maybe going about, the weather's turning warm, you may be looking to buy a different vehicle or shift things over for summer or whatever transition's happening. And the last time we talked, this, there was the shortage of these chips. But what was the original source of why these chips are not so available anymore? Is there a specific reason why why that's happened in the last, what, six months or a year? Well, 
you know, they say supply chain. You know, you, you source as, if you're a manufacturer, you source the stuff back to Intel and these other companies. But the Chinese, where where we get a lot of our chips, okay, are, are blaming it on the COVID crisis. And, you know, plants were idled for a huge amount of time. You know, across Europe, because Bosch has makes semiconductors too. So it just has, has made almost not a crisis, but almost in how many they have stockpiled ready to sell to everybody because everybody out there that manufactures, I mean, everything has chips in it. Are you saying that the, it's possible part of the issue is that uh, the, you know, folks in China are, are just simply holding them back and before ex- exporting them saying, hey, maybe we need these here rather than making them available They're to the world? Them. Okay, You're correct. They're hoarding them for their own industries. Okay. I mean, let's face it. We would do the same thing sure. I mean, if, if we were in a fail. You know, right, right. So the forecast, though, I mean, so are things just kind of flat right now? Like people are going to have to, if they, because I, when I was talking with a friend of mine about this, which prompted my call to you, it had to do with the idea that, hey, uh, not only are newer vehicles, like you said, the supply and the lot's not what it used to be right now, the new stuff, but then folks are now looking to uh, previously enjoyed cars, as our friend John Butterworth likes to refer to them to. And then, yeah. so even then, that, that that folks are maybe they have an extra car on their property they're not using the way they thought. Maybe you could trade that in, and or what what this means for service. Like, well, I'm not going to buy a new one. Maybe I'll keep old Bessie running a little longer, and ha- how that's affected maybe people's options. So I'm just partly trying to educate the the audience as much as myself, uh, and what your thoughts are, what people might want to consider if they're looking to make some kind of a vehicle move in the next few months. One way or the well, other. I'm going to, you know, no, I'm with you. I'm going to tell you that you might, you might want to put off purchasing a car, a new car, until there's a better supply, and or think about servicing the thing, get it in, get it looked at, and keep it for a little while, much longer. Okay. But this whole issue has driven the price of used cars up as well, along with the new cars. Yeah. So. I mean, it's a choice you have to make. It's a personal choice. But I'm not saying there's no cars out here to buy. There are cars and trucks and crossovers and all. But you need to think, look at it a, a little more critically because you're going to pay more for the exact same car you could have bought eight months ago. It's just, it's just the way economics works. It, it, the cars are worth more money because they're short supply. Okay. And, so, that, and that's that, and that's why. And, and to your best as you can tell that's gonna it's gonna be that way probably still for a while yet they're talking probably not till the first quarter of next year where we have be back to normal supply okay it, it will get better it should get better by the fourth quarter you know but okay it, it, it's just gonna be you're gonna have a short supply of new and used vehicles now for we're, your we're driving we're having trouble getting used vehicles too. It's, I was gonna say that it's for an you, amazing thing. Well for your purposes, again, folks is tuning in Dave Peterson, owner operator Brian of Chevrolet in Jenkintown, which sponsors our fine broadcast. If someone's listening and they're thinking, Well, we do have a couple of vehicles or my child's off to college now, we have an extra one sitting on our driveway. Potentially if they want to to do some sort of a trade in or or is Brian yeah. theoretically looking for inventory? Or we'll buy them. We've been buying cars right off the street from people, nice cars. People come to us and sell us their cars, and then we look at them and refurbish them and clean them up and sell them used. Okay. But um, it's not a buyer's market right now. It's just, it just really isn't. As it's been that way because of this COVID thing, it's just 
it's been a messy year and a half, you know. Okay, but, but then to your point, maybe, maybe, and you said everyone has their own decision to make. But maybe this is like a word. It's you know, it's end of May, so if folks can think about getting what they have currently, you know, to to last at least another four to six months, perhaps. And maybe that means let's do one more visit at the service shop. Or, Cause you know, sometimes you have a bill. It's like, well, do I put a thousand dollars into the car now or do I, or, or whatever the repair might be, could be 600, could be 2000, whatever. Do I re- reinvest in my car? Do I buy something new? I know I've had to make that decision myself or newer. Uh, maybe it's a time for investing in the service side of things and helping clear 2021 and, and, and at the end of the year reevaluate or early next year too. Exactly right, but it's it's a personal decision you have to make. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, good. Thanks for the update. Yep. I like talking well, to somebody who knows what they're talking about, and you do. Well, <laughs> so, thank you. Thanks. Thank you for supporting the show too, my friend. We really appreciate it. I love the station. Love the Lord. That's all that matters. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Well, enjoy the rest of your day. We'll we'll catch up again. You bet. Take care. Thanks, Tim. You too. Have a great Memorial Day weekend. Will do. Bye-bye. All right, bud. Steve Peterson, owner-operator, Briner Chevrolet in Jenkintown, sponsor of our program. That'll do it for today. Tune in tomorrow. Pastor Greg Laurie from A New Beginning joins us just after 4. Thanks for listening. Have a wonderful night. It's the Tim DeMoss Show podcast, available at WFIL.com. Thanks for listening. Have some gremlins in the system. Not sure what's up. Just a quick reminder, Ocean City Tabernacle opens our summer season with author and radio host Eric Metaxas this coming Sunday the 30th, 8.30 a.m. traditional service, also 10.30 a.m. contemporary service. Metaxas, New York Times bestseller, uh, number one bestselling author of books like Martin Luther, If You Can Keep It, Bonhoeffer, Amazing Grace, and the popular children's book, Time to Sleep. He's host of the Eric Metaxas Radio Show, nationally syndicated program, more than 120 cities around the country. He'll be actually joining us on our program the next day or two as well. Check it out, octabernacle.com for info on Eric Metaxas at the Ocean City Tabernacle this Sunday at 8.30 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. Have a great night. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 to 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.